Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 64. Our skill topic for this week is bricklaying. And I'm not going to say who came up with this topic, but it wasn't me and it wasn't Tanda. That's all I'm going to say. Tom, what skill set, what skill class? Give us, give us something. What skill class is bricklaying? 11D. That, that makes 11D? about as much much sense as us doing this topic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 11D. <laughs> what does that even mean? T- Tanda, what? You what? said give me something. I gave you something. Oh, my God. It's going to be one of those shows. I could feel it already. I would say it was like an 11D1, oh, but. It's going to be so bad. I think it's like the squ- can't wait. the square root of a brick. I think that's the class. Just for clarification, we did not come up with a topic during our pre-show last week, which we usually do. So on like Tuesday, I just renamed our chat group Bricklaying to like remind everyone that we're supposed to pick a topic and nobody said anything. So here we are. You you renamed it on Saturday. Today is Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Saturday. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, I know. It just runs together, Tom. Kinda, That's kinda how, how, how it is. Saturday. <clears throat> yeah, Saturday. Right after we released, no. the day after we released, you renamed it. Oh, I don't remember what days are days. Anyways, we got a great show for you. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be a humdinger. Tanda, what yeah. research did you do on Bricklaying? Oh, we're already on the already on the research bit. The research I did on uh, the first bit <laughs> on uh, on bricklaying. I thought we were going to do some. Uh, uh, you know, PJ was going to regale us with all of the the deals that he's been getting. But uh, um, the Tana, research that's I did after this. That's after. The, are you confused about the order of the show? This, we're on. Well, yeah, we're only a year in or so. So yeah. I was, I was kind of hoping we'd just like blast right on through, but uh, and just skip over the research. But uh, the research I did was on, uh, on, on blocks actually, on cinder blocks or concrete blocks, and uh, I, I think just because um, it was something that we did a little bit uh, growing up, making making buildings and outbuildings and you know barns and so forth. And uh, the other thing that um, I guess kind of came to mind when, uh, you know, brick laying, block laying was put out there as a topic. Um, And I think it was put out there as a topic. So Tom didn't think that uh, he was getting uh, DMs from Wes since our last episode was, uh, our guest was Wes. And so when you'd get a text on the, on the group, it would uh, look like it came from Wes. Um, but uh, I remember going to a nearby city to get blocks. And it wasn't just like a yard where you drove in and they loaded you up with blocks. It was actually the factory, the facility where they were making blocks. And I remember thinking as a little kid how cool that was, that there was all of these machines and there were raw materials going in one end. And then there was this kind of like, you know, cart that came out the other end of a furnace with blocks. And then there was a forklift moving them. And when you were there picking them up, you kind of got to see it operating. And so that was that was kind of interesting to me. And then the other thing was I grew up in a cinder block house. So the house I grew up in, my dad bought for 
I think he bought the whole property, the land, the, the acre of land, everything on it, and a cinder block house for like $8,000 back in the day. Sidebar. Hmm. Tom? Yeah. I, I get the feeling that Tanda is giving us her personal history and completely doesn't realize this is the research and fun facts segment of the show. Uh, is, is well, uh, to, to be fair, we, we usually don't do history or fun facts. It's usually a bunch of stupid superstitions and... Uh, they're not nonsense. stupid, Tom. Okay, uh, they're not stupid. I'm just saying. Well, oh, I, no, I wasn't talking about your superstitions, of course. I was just generally, you know, other superstitions that we talk about. Right. So I think it, I mean, I'd let it slide. I, well, it's too late now. We've let it gone too far. So I just, I yeah, just, let never her, mind. Got to hear her out. <clears throat> oh, look, she put that cinder block down. Tanda, no. so do yeah, you, I didn't so, know that you lived in a, a cinder block house. That's news to me. I thought it was like an old school wooden farmhouse. Oh no, definitely cinder block. Um, but maybe I'll get to more of that in the in the history. But a little bit of history and uh, fun facts rather than my personal history. Um, the first hollow concrete block was designed in 1890 by Harmon S. Palmer, and he experimented for 10 years before he patented it um, in 1900. And his original blocks were 8 inches by 10 inches by 30 inches long. And they were so heavy, they had to be lifted in place with a small crane. Wow. And so it's fortunate that uh, that blocks are, are not only made a little bit lighter, but the standard size is a little more manageable. But in these early days, the average output of a, of a factory or of a shop making blocks was 10 blocks per person per hour. And modern block manufacturers can produce up to 2,000 blocks an hour. And so that's a, that's a pretty big uh, jump there. Um, and another little fun fact, the earliest known example of a house built in this country, and by that I mean in the U.S., I know we have listeners abroad, entirely out of concrete block, was in 1837 on Staten Island in New York. Man, So wow. that seems relatively recent in the yeah, in history um, yeah. and a few other little fun facts a concrete block um, which is produced with uh, you know essentially concrete that we would you know pour a concrete slab with weighs about 38 to 43 pounds um, a cinder block uh, which is made with granulated coal or volcanic cinders uh, used instead of sand and gravel uh, weighs only 26 pounds, so you get a pretty good weight reduction there. And then there's also something now, well, there are many different synthetics and stuff now, but the lightweight concrete blocks, which aren't really made for structural, um, a little interesting tidbit on that that I found was they're made with uh, clay, shale, or slate that has been expanded um, and it's produced by crushing the raw materials and heating them to about 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, or 1093C. And at that temperature, the material bloats or puffs up because of the rapid generation of gases uh, caused by the combustion of little bits of organic material that are trapped inside. And they, that only reduces it by another four pounds per block. But it was interesting because it's like, it's like shale made into like rice puffs or something i mean that's how i picture it like you've got this what looks like rocks going in but at that temperature they puff up like 
you know, puffed oats or puffed rice, which is interesting. Is, is that the, the material that the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man was made out of in Ghostbusters? Googling? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think he was made out of out of marshmallow cream. Oh, stay, stay, stay puffed marshmallows. I think yeah. Those. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, he seemed pretty tough. I don't I, know. It's I just, mean, it, just it's only be, it's, it's only because no one was thinking of cinder blocks. If I mean, anyone had thought that he was, if you were there, then you would have thought maybe he was made of cinder block material, mm-hmm. and he would have been, because that's kind of how it works, right? Well. He was very tall. I just find it hard to believe that something that big would would be completely marshmallow. Cinder blocks seem to make a little more sense to me. Oh yeah, this this article that I found this in said uh, these are strict strictly for non-structural, like partitions. Uh, that that marshmallow man was definitely non-structural. There is no way that you could put anything on top of him. There was a hat. There was a hat on top of him. Skeletal system made out of sticks. You know, yeah. for roasting marshmallows. Could be. Oh, that could, could be. be. I don't. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he might. He well. Yeah, I guess. I, I know you didn't. They would have been like trees, wouldn't they? He was pretty big. Oh yeah, yeah. He was Godzilla sized. Mm. Well, well, uh, well, anyway, that's that's some. I didn't know that. I didn't know they could uh, heat up rocks and make them into rice krispie treats. That's very interesting, Tanda. Tom, yeah. what what research and fun facts did you find on bricklaying? So, uh, back in 1963, a man named Alfred Heineken, who is the guy on the beer bottle, um, he goes by Freddie, and um, he he his beer went international, and he wanted he made a point to go visit all of the facilities that were making his beer, and he was visiting. I always thought I knew how to say this, but is it Caraco or Caracao or are those two different places? And I don't know which one I'm reading. You talking about Caracas? C U R A C A O in the Caribbean. I can't pronounce think, it when somebody spells I, letters. I think I it's Caracal, but I'm not sure. All right. So, anyway, that place. He went there and he discovered that he could barely walk 15 feet on the beach without stepping on a littered Heineken bottle, which, honestly, that's got to make you feel pretty good about your product. But at the same time. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awful that there's uh, beer bottles all over the beaches. Um, And he created a new type of bottle, which is nicknamed the Wobo, W-O-B-O, which is an abbreviation for World Bottle. And the World Bottle is shaped like, uh, well, it's it's shaped like a brick. It still has a neck. But um, if you've ever had, like, a bottle of wine with that really deep recess in the bottom of it, mm-hmm. think of it that way. And they would, inter- not interlock, but they would interlock um, to create structures. So you could actually build <clears throat> build a bar out of beer bottles and then have a beer in that bar. Um, it never, unfortunately, it never really took off. Um, the design was too expensive to produce, which yeah, beer is a pretty cheap product generally. So, um, it was overpriced for that, but he did have an example built in Amsterdam where he lives. Um, which I don't know if it's still standing today, but you can go online and, and look up a picture of it. Um, to give you a frame of reference, 
a 10 by 10 structure would would require about a thousand beer bottles Mm, that's a Um, lot of drinking well i kind of negated this part it kind of spoke to the area too so like a place like caracao i'm going with it um these uh, impoverished areas didn't even have facilities to recycle these bottles and back then you didn't exactly recycle, you refilled. So uh, a beer bottle would have about a 30 refill life cycle, approximately. And they just didn't even have that, so they ended up um, just being thrown about. So it was the idea was to still deliver this product, but give them a built-in, reusable source of building materials. Hmm. It was a good idea. What's well, interesting. That, that clever. reminds me of, of a local building community. If you've heard of Earthships, which is a community nope. in New Mexico, outside of Taos, New Mexico. And they do a lot of building with beer cans and beer bottles. In fact, they register the building site as a, I think they have to register it as a waste dump or or like a landfill and then because yeah. all of the all of the structure is built out of rammed earth in tires and then a lot of the internal walls and a lot of the walls for you know holding holding the heat these big earthen walls are made uh-huh. with mortar and beer bottles or beer cans and and some really beautiful I'm stuff with it. the ends of the uh, this... beer bottles and stuff so it's kind of kind of interesting these look like they're on one of those TV shows, like 10 Most Interesting Homes. Oh, they, yeah, they've been on and, all kinds of stuff because there's a whole community of, of them. They're works of art. Yeah, yeah, they're they're interesting. but uh, it's It's got to be hard to hang a picture in one of those houses, though. Do you think, do you think the New Mexican climate is why they're there, or is there just like a lot of garbage there that you're not telling us about? Well, I mean, I think it was because the the founder was really um, bent on sustainable architecture and yeah. ended up in New Mexico. Um, I don't remember his his history of why he um, why he ended up in New Mexico, but he traveled around the world looking at different sustainable architecture and and New Mexico's not too bad in that our seasons are not super extreme. Um, yeah. I mean, there we certainly have a full range of seasons and get down in the, you know, zero temperature range uh, for short times in the winter and get up really hot in the summer. But it, it's just an interesting use of that where the, a lot of bottles get used essentially as bricks with mortar around them. It makes me mm-hmm. wonder if anybody is actually buying like full bottles of wine and then building like an entire wall out of the wine. And then like, you know, that's kind of like their wine wall instead of a cellar. And then whenever they want something to drink, they just pop a cork out and they just get it right from the wall. Oh, there you go. You could just build the wall with it in and it would have it would have a lower insulation value because it'd be filled with wine. Mm. But then over time, if you just tilted them down a little bit, you could uh, you could just pop the cork you're saying and. Mm-hmm. And drain one of them out of, mm-hmm. right out of the wall periodically. Well, I mean, you don't have to tilt them. You could build like a little uh, suction pump. You know, like after after it's a uh, it's, it's got its normal gravity spouted it out. You get a little <laughs> you know a little you know a little suction. Get the rest of the wine out or something. Yeah, possibly. I think you want that uh, that sediment to stay down there by the punt in the bottom 
anyway, though. I don't think you want to disturb it. But if you're building walls out of your wine, you may not, you may not be that finicky anyway. It's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna coin the term right now. Hashtag wall wino. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I'll look for it on Instagram. I'll follow it right now. Yeah. Well, as for me, of course, I looked up brick superstitions. And you're not going to believe me, but I found one. <clears throat> I, I was a little surprised. Personally. How many? I found one. Yeah. Just one. Go for it, man. I am all about that. Yeah, it, I'm going to go a little deep on it because it's just one of them. But it, <laughs> of course it's, you are. I'm just going to just tell you right now. Okay, so how many parts are there? There's a few paragraphs. I'm going to try to skip over some of the details here, but basically it says brick dust wards off evil spirits that is the superstition and it is some sort of variation on popular voodoo rituals um i i don't know exactly which which version but it says that uh, it it stops evil powers from entering your house that that is that is the the simple explanation uh, they go on to say that there are some psychological reasons why specifically bricks are used. Uh, first, the color being red. Red is associated with something magical, which I agree with. Uh, something powerful, mm, maybe. Uh, it's used in Egyptian rituals, Hindu rituals, Haitian rituals, and red is the color of blood, and blood is always the sign of sacrificial offerings. That's mostly true. I'll, I'll agree with most of that. I'm but not sure every, there were a lot of red bricks in in ancient Egypt. No, they're talking about uh, the red colors were used um, in Egypt as a sign of power for rituals. That's that I didn't. They weren't talking about okay. bricks. They're just talking about the color. And um, not just for sacrifices. Uh, red was also a color that has always excited us. Again, I'm going to disagree. Red does not excite me. It usually means stop sign. Uh, I'm going to say it warns us. Uh, it is powerful and more important. It has been used since time immemorial, which doesn't make any sense. There's been colors since the beginning of time. All the colors have been used since... Anyway. So... Moving right along, uh, to is ancient... this is this suggesting why bricks why bricks are most commonly red? No, it's it's suggestion uh, as, as to why there is a superstition over red bricks and hence red brick powder. Oh, okay. The powder is of the bricks is what uh, stops the the evil spirits. Uh, they're talking about then they talk about the brick itself, which is made of soil, and uh, soil. Uh, represents the earth so the bricks used to make houses are constructed of units of the earth which is the unconscious soul of the house that, that again that's that sounds all, all nice and flowery but I'm not sure uh, there is a common uh, happenstance in New Orleans where you will find brick dust laying outside of houses in common site it has been practiced since 1825 and it is specifically related to voodooism. Uh, as uh, brick dust is not the sole component used in any ritual, uh, it is in fact only one ingredient to ward off evil. Brick dust must be mixed with ammonia, which is most of the time urine, 
herbs, nails, beans, moonlight, candles, and devil's shoestrings. Now, most of that stuff, I'm going to say okay. The first thing I want to know is, how do you mix moonlight into something that's physical? Because I don't, I don't think that's possible. And the other thing is, where do you get devil's shoestrings from? Because I don't think he's going to be happy if you're stealing his shoes to take the shoelaces out. I'm, I'm trying to picture uh, common depictions of, of the devil and what kind of shoes. I mean... They were hooves, weren't they? I mean, I don't think there was any laces. I don't know. It's Maybe they're talking about, like, the hair on his legs. Um, oh, and then uh, it also says that the, the red powder is considered the blood of the house. Whatever that means. I, I, don't, I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, that's, that's it. That's, that's the brick dust superstition. If you didn't know, you don't have a brick house, a red brick house then basically you're you're going to get infested with demons or something i i don't know it's I, I don't know it doesn't say if you have like a white brick house or a tan brick house i don't know what happens then maybe you get like something else happening you get ghosts How's that? white white brick dust is considered the white blood cells of the house so then you you get an autoimmune deficiency <laughs> You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right, this deal is a holdover from last week because I kind of felt like I wasn't going to have anything else, and I was right. This is called the Great Uncle Deal. This guy named Keith put up a listing for a wood lathe on Facebook Marketplace for 50 bucks, And I could tell from the picture that it was a walker turner because I could see the logo on the side. Uh, after much later, after I picked it up, I found out that this was a model L952, which was made from 1942 to 1948. So anyway, I'd messaged the guy about coming to take a look, uh, but I was the second person in line. And someone else went to take a look and then decided that that wasn't what they were looking for. So then I actually got it. I, I was lucky that the first person didn't take it. So I get over there to take a look at it. Uh, it's got an AC Delco motor on it. It doesn't have an original Walker Turner motor. Um, but it was resplendent with extras. Okay. Uh, so this came from Keith's great uncle, who was his father's sister's husband, who was the original owner. And uh, Keith was moving from uh, Hazleton to Bloomsburg, which is about 45 minutes away to go be closer to his son and his family. So he was getting rid of things and he didn't, you know, he, he, he didn't want to take it with him because he didn't think he was going to use it. So in addition to the lathe itself, and it's on a wood stand with an elaborate pulley system for speed, uh, speed changing. But I found out that this wooden stand is a factory stand. I found pictures of the exact same stand online. Um, it is, made by Walker Turner. So it came with a uh, steady rest. It came with a six inch three jaw chuck. It came with two six inch face plates, uh, an XY cross slide with a lantern tool post for doing sort of almost like machining work. Uh, came with a tailstock with a dead center. 
a spare dead center that was adjustable, 12 large cutting gouges. By large, I mean they were like 15 inches long. Uh, a locking handle for something. I haven't figured out exactly what that's for. The original tool rest. Two vintage Marathon one-quarter horsepower motors. And then in addition to all of that, he's like, hey, I'm getting rid of some of this stuff. Do you want it? He gives me a Homelite gas-powered leaf blower for free. And then a Dunlap drill press that is the kind where you have to take a hand drill and strap it into a metal you know, fixture. And then it's got a big arm on it for you to turn the whole thing into a drill press. And so all that, 50 bucks. And I, I was, yeah, I was just like, man, this, this is like an unbelievably good deal. It's, you know, basically I'm the, the, the third owner, but uh, I'm not keeping this stuff. I'm going to um, pass it on to somebody else. Uh, right now, <laughs> it is still in the truck because I don't have any place to put it, but I couldn't pass it up. So, um, so it's the, 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 the lathe and the table are in the truck. I pulled in all of the uh, the little bits and pieces and stuff to, to start like getting the rust off of them and cleaning them up and everything. But um, I will say this, it was a good deal, but because it was in the truck and I didn't have any place to put it, I missed out on another deal that I caught at three minutes. It was two hours drive, but there was a guy getting rid of a South Bend 9A for three hundred dollars and i was just like i caught it at three minutes it had just been posted and i'm like man i i, I can't i can't even go down and get it like I, I can't i can't take the stuff out of the truck it's been snowing and ice everywhere there's no place for the stuff to go and i was just like eh, well, it's this that's all i can do that's all i can do i'll tell you what though prices have been coming way down on that stuff my, the lathe I picked up a couple weeks ago still hasn't sold, and I think I've got it down to eight hundred bucks, and just nothing. It's unbelievable. You gotta wait, man. You gotta wait. It's timing. It's all timing. <clears throat> yeah, that was twelve hundred bucks. I don't know, three, four, five months ago. Well, uh, so I don't know if you remember this, but I have a companion drill press that I painted blue and pinstriped it gold, and it is nothing spectacular companion is the the bottom rung of sears you know it's not even below craftsman mm -hmm. but it looks nice and i did a full restore on it and i've had it for sale for i don't know how long at least a year or more and some guy just messaged me out of the blue from new york city and he's like i really like this can you send me a picture of it running i just want to see how it runs before i drive up from new york city to come and get it and i'm like sure no, no, no problem, man. Mm. So I, I just sent him a video um, a few hours ago. I haven't heard back from him, but uh, that might be gone, you know. So all I'm saying is, sometimes you gotta wait, man. You gotta wait for the person that needs that thing. Yeah, but I'm moving soon, and I don't want to move it. <clears throat> I do want to restore it and keep it forever, but we'll see what happens. Well, hey, maybe it travels with you to your new house, and then you sell it there. You never know. Yeah. It's a new location. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. Tom, 
What's your personal history mm-hmm. with bricklaying? Oh, I've been laying bricks my entire life. <laughs> um, probably, probably, did, probably did my first bricklaying when I was like five or six, but it could have been sooner than that. Uh, my brother and I would um, would lay out all of our bricks on the living room floor and just just start building. Um, we had a lot of we had a lot of sets. We had we had a space shuttle. NASA space shuttle. It was cool. Um, you know, set up on the, what do you call the thing that it, that holds it up? The gantry? The floor? The tower. Mm-hmm. The launch tower. Oh, yeah. It was cool. Uh, we had a big raceway thing with like two of those giant plates that pivoted together. How big were these we bricks, Tom? All kinds of, what's that? How big were these bricks? Oh, you had like your one by four classics, one by two, two by fours. Um, you had all kinds of sizes. Wow, two and feet co- by four and, feet. And different colors pretty, as well. Pretty big brick. Yeah, lots of colors. Lots of colors. Um, different bricks. Lots of um, and little little uh, you know, f- um, little figurines to go with it. Little it figurines. If you're working with two foot by four foot bricks, how big were the figurines? Two two what? No, two by four bricks. That's what I, I said. Foot. I didn't say foot. Wait, wait, wait now. how big were they? Well, I, like I said, they were all different sizes. There were plates. There were, there were, um, you know, one by ones, one by twos, one by threes, one by fours. Were these Legos, Tom? No, one by fives. Is that what we're talking there about? One by sixes. There were. I'm sorry. Were these Legos? No, they were Lego. There's no S in Lego. Oh, Really? It's not... I, 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 You know, I'm going to say at five, you're probably Lego using brick. Duplo bricks, right? No. Duplo, that's for babies. <laughs> Maybe Mega Block. <laughs> Maybe there was a short term of Mega Block, but that was mostly Lego. I don't think choking hazard... I don't think things were choking hazards back then. I don't think that was a term. I think that was invented in the late 90s, early 2000s. There was definitely choking hazards. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. That, that's why your your second that's, brother isn't around. Yeah. Uh, more on that. In my adult in my adulthood, um, I have uh, reacquainted with the Lego brick. I attempted to start a Lego brick store. I don't know if you know what that is, but uh, this is a true story. Stop is it like Lego, uh, <laughs> Lego brick and mortar? <laughs> yeah, Lego brick and mortar. Um, no, there's uh, two very big websites. <clears throat> One's called Brick Owl. And the other is called, uh, not oh, Brick Owl, Brick Bricklink, Bricklink, L-I-N-K, um, where they sell. It's like eBay for Lego, eBay. It's like McMaster Car for Lego, but there's not one centralized warehouse. There's individual sellers, more like eBay. So, you basically buy new sets, brand new sets on clearance for like 25 to 40% of their original value. You part them out and then you list all of the parts on your store and then people order individual bricks. It's a huge business. Wow. You want to know how huge? Last year, Lego bought Bricklink. They legit bought the entire website and ecosystem. Um, it's a fascinating world where people are buying individual bricks to build their own creations very specifically. So I actually had, I don't know, 
20,000 bricks in my store, and I just never got it off the ground. It just, I was doing it right before Lego bought BrickLink, and it just kind of deflated everything. People were having trouble, um, what's the term? Like, actually, like, you can go on and you can set up your inventory, but you're not actually able to sell until they approve you, and there was this whole time gap, and I lost interest, um, and I recently put all of the bricks that I sorted into a giant bin, and they are now my personal stash. You know, okay, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, go ahead. So continue. Continue. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I would love to hear what you don't want to talk about. I, I was, I've been kicking myself ever since this happened, but there's a, there's a. Oh, you're right. I don't want to talk about it either. Yeah, there's a, there's a town-wide garage sale um, in my town every year. And <clears throat> one year when I wasn't having a garage sale, I was walking around and on the main road, there was a house that was selling those like those giant bins that you have all the Legos in. They were selling two of those full to the brim with Legos. And I think that they were asking 50 bucks wow. for the two of them. And I was like, that looks like a really good deal, but I don't really need two buckets of Legos. I haven't played with Legos in the longest time. I don't have any kids, and I don't have any place to put those things. And uh, So I didn't get it. And then ever since then, I'm like, man, that was a stupid thing. You should have bought those. <laughs> so. I have too much. I recently showed how many boxes I have. You know those yellow top Home Depot bins? They come in all sizes now, but they used mm -hmm. to come in just the 27-gallon. And I have uh, four of them completely filled with loose Lego. And then I have, call it another one and a half in other size Tupperware bins um, full of Lego. And the problem is my brother-in-law um, is a Lego addict. And he just, once he builds something, he doesn't really care about it and doesn't want it anymore. So he's been giving these things to me. And that includes like the Lego Bugatti and the, um, the they did a huge roller coaster uh, a while back. I mean, all these different sets, these uh, like the Simpsons house and Moe's Tavern and, or the Quickie Mart, not Moe's Tavern, like all these giant sets. And I, I have them all. And I'm storing them all for for I don't know what, I don't know what, but I have I probably have, I don't know. 150, 200,000 individual pieces, that's a lot. Wow. I mean, all right, Tom, I'll take Speechless. them. I'll, I'll take them. You can just give them to me. I'll I'll put them somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they're going up. I'll insulate the house with them or something. And you thought I had no personal history with bricks. I never said that. I never said that. Those words never escaped my mouth. Oh, I see. That's true. Tanda, other than what you've already told us, what is your personal history with bricks, bricklaying? Oh, that's that's pretty much it. I've done a little bricklaying and blocklaying. I we oddly I did I never had Legos. I didn't have uh <clears throat> a lot of I don't remember having a huge variety really? of variety of toys um, but I remember a particular neighbor um, 
neighbor girl who I played with, and her brother, her older brother, had Legos. And so I did play with Legos um, when I was young. Um, but I don't, I've never owned, I don't think I've ever owned any Legos. Um, well, that's not true. I mean, I bought Legos for my kids. Um, but, um, yeah, and we didn't, uh, if we would have had a space shuttle, it would have been like amazing because it was like before the space shuttle. Um, and so it would have been very forward thinking of Lego to have put out a, a space shuttle kit, you know, pre space shuttle. That would have been, that, that would have been, been really cool. That would have been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But other, other than what I said, I, I don't remember, um, really doing, I, I remember be, being around people. Um, our neighbor's house was this giant brick house and it was on a huge, um, you know, block basement. And I, I remember being around making, you know, footings for sheds and buildings and stuff. And I was always helping, but I don't remember like in the time where I would have really had a better understanding or been like the person responsible for doing it. Um, haven't been around it much. So I was, you know, kind of a hodge carrier. I, I would like just m bringing mortar from the cement mixer, um, which was neighborhood owned. I don't know if people do that anymore, but like three, three neighbors got together and bought a cement mixer because it was like, oh, we'll, we'll use this. We'll, we're putting in walks and curbs and we're putting down concrete ditches and, and stuff. We'll all just go in on it and whoever needs it can use it. And the, and the neighbors will just own, you know, as a collective, will own the cement mixer. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember, you know, hauling mortar over to my dad or whoever was laying blocks, but not being old enough to really uh, participate much. So that's kind of my short, short history. I remember the paint flaking off of the cinder block house and, w and we used it as money. That was like our play, our, like our play money. <laughs> so yeah, so growing up, yeah, like probably lead based, no, no doubt. That explains uh, a lot. Explains a lot. Yeah, and so it was this kind of like battleship gray blue, and it was just painted on the cinder blocks on the outside of the of the house, and of course it was like flaking off, and the bigger chip you could get off whole the more it was worth and so we would just be out back peeling peeling the already peeling paint off of the the back of the cinder block uh, house uh, to to use as our our pretend money and the denomination depended on the larger chip you could get off of the of the block house that must but, have really uh, screwed with the wallet sizes yeah and and you wouldn't know yeah. it. You wouldn't know it now because we added on to the house, and then the entire inside was all um, stuccoed years after, and all of the inside was furred out with insulation and and new walls inside. But there's still this small cinder block hole in the middle of my my dad's old house. My niece lives in it now, so. That's kind of my short history of, of brick laying, block laying, and, and Legos. So, PJ, what's your, uh, what's your assorted history with brick laying? I, I honestly thought I didn't have any until Tom brought up the Legos. That's, uh, my, my brother and I used to play with Legos. And uh, I, uh, what I remember is my brother and I thought that the Lego sets that were sold sucked. That that's what we thought. Like we we almost never built what was the plans they, for the things. Like we hate. We, they did, huh? <laughs> they they used to be 
pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, so we would shop for sets. And by shop, I mean we would complain until we got something. Um, we would shop for sets based on what pieces were in the set. And the most coveted of all the pieces were what would probably be called by everybody else as flat tiles. They they didn't have they, they were just shiny on one side and then you could you could put them on top of something. We didn't mm -hmm. call them that. We called them shield pieces because we were always making spaceships and the spaceships needed shielding, you know, to deflect lasers and stuff. So the shield pieces were coveted um, right next to anything that was like a clear piece, like a clear colored piece, because that was some sort of a laser piece. And so that was how everything was divided. You had blocks or bricks, shield pieces, and then laser pieces. And and it didn't make a difference, the, the clear transparent blocks, what shape they were. It, it was some kind of a weapon. And we made blueprints. Like we made our own um like detailed instructions on how to build the things we made because we would run out of pieces and then we'd want to build something else but we liked the thing that we made so we wanted to be able to make it again so then we made our own lego instructions so and and i still have all of them they're in the attic hmm. the instructions and the lego pieces how um, have legos all have legos always sold as sets because I don't remember, I no, remember just this no, no. like bucket of Legos and it had like a little pamphlet or something inside right. yeah. that gave you some like ideas of what you could build. And it was just really small. I mean, they were like, I don't know, maybe 50 or 50 or 100 block little, you know, this is a truck and this is how, you, and it was more of here's how you mm -hmm. could use the little axle and wheels and here's how you might use the little, you know, clear window looking piece. Um, it wasn't really like, here's a thing from history or from a movie or from something like that. It was like, here's, here's how you no, might make a truck. Abstract. Yeah. 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 So I yeah, was just no, curious like if it was you, like, you would buy a bucket and they would give you like instructions to build like 10 different animals or something like that. But there are old sets. Like there are old sets that you would just make a truck. Like I'm, I just Googled them to reference, um, yeah, but they, you can still buy the classic bucket with a certain number of pieces, and um, I think they come with some instruction, but it's really just to give you pieces. Right, Those, and that's more that's more what I remember as Legos. It was just this like circular, you know, bin with that you could, and it had a few few little things that you could, uh, you know, just kind of give you an idea of what you might make, sort of thing. So they, my brother and I hated those buckets because those were mostly building blocks and they didn't have any shield pieces or, or very few transparent parts which could be used for weapons, for spacecraft. Right. Like yeah, the these, one, were, these were like, like you could make a car and you had two things you could use as windows. And that was right. it. Yeah. You know, that yeah. We, did, yeah. we didn't like that. The only thing... We, we got mostly space sets because those offered the most variety. But the, the only thing that we got, which my brother got, it wasn't me, uh, he got a yellow castle set for, for it's just like it sounds. And the, so we ended up with like, I don't know, 5,000 yellow bricks. Like the, it, was for, it was a huge castle. 
Uh, but other than that, every other thing we had was space oriented, and there there wasn't like a ton of diff. Like it's not like it is now, where you can get like you know Star Wars sets and Star Trek and all these other different things. These were all like sort of generic Lego branded space things, and you know most of them were not very good. But um, but anyway. Um, Enough about the Legos. So, so, PJ, you can you can go on bricklink.com, type in 375, and you can purchase that yellow castle set if you wish. Oh, well, it still exists. How about that? <laughs> oh, they all exist. So, on to actual bricks, red bricks. Uh, I have two stories, um, neither of which are about laying the bricks, but they are brick-oriented. Back when I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, I had a, a mentor, spiritual mentor, and he called me up one day and he said, hey, my boss, uh, he was a jeweler. He was a full-time jeweler. He goes, hey, my boss wants me to move these bricks from one property he owns to another property. Could you come help me? And I'm like, how many bricks are we talking about here? He goes, I don't know. So I'm like, all right, well, well sure, we'll block out the day. So I go over there and there are all these bricks lined up against a garage or a shed or something like that. And I don't remember how many bricks there were, but it filled up the back of a pickup truck because that's what we were loading them into. And it was me, um, Richard, who was my mentor, and our friend David. And we had like a little train going, like like coal miners, where like one guy was picking up the brick, then he was handing it to another guy that was in the truck, then you hand it to the right. second guy in the truck who was stacking okay. it up. Bucket brigade. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, we were there all day, and then we had to drive over to wherever it is we were to take them, and then we had to unload it. So I don't know. It was a lot of bricks. That was that was probably the most bricks I've ever handled. And then uh, years later, uh, after I graduated film school, uh, this friend of mine was um, making a movie, feature film, that was sort of a <sighs> – samurai neo-punk type thing i can't even tell you but i shot and directed part of the film and part of it was in this cabin in upstate new york and the cabin was owned by a lawyer who uh, she was dating and so we had free access to it and a lot of times when you're making low budget or independent films free access to locations kind of decides the story so anyway, we were up there shooting for, I don't remember, it was a week or two. And there was some point where I was outside. Um, this was in the woods. Like this was this was like a legit cabin in the woods. It was a big cabin. It was like a house. But um, we're in the woods. And I'm outside sitting on the steps. And the driveway was a gravel driveway. And from the driveway to the front of the house, there was just a big grass yard. And I was staring at the ground for some reason, and I saw something that I was like, is that a brick? And so I get down there, and I start peeling away the grass, and then I find another brick. And then I just kind of keep going, and I uncover an entire brick sidewalk that was overgrown. So then I went, and somewhere I found a flat shovel, and I just started like putting the shovel underneath the grass and I uncovered this I don't know 50 foot long sidewalk made out of red bricks 
that had been overgrown for God knows how many years. And that's what I did while we were on break from shooting because I was bored. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how that pertains to bricklaying, but I, I reintroduced there, some bricks into the wild. Was there a wizard at the end or? <laughs> there was no wizard. I was, was very, a, very disappointed. Is there a yellow castle at the end of that yellow brick road? It was red bricks and it was a log cabin. So neither of those things. That's that's all I got. That's all I got. Well, I think I talked about this on a reclaiming show, but we, I took out a huge fireplace, a brick fireplace, um, at a house I remodeled, and I couldn't bear to throw them all out or haul them away. And at the same time, we were landscaping in the backyard, and so I made a bunch of brick paths in the backyard that would have cost a lot to make out of brick if you didn't just have all of the brick from the fireplace that you just tore out. But uh, I, I made a number of things that are still at that house. A friend lives there, and um, there are these brick pathways that were made out of the fireplace that came out of the house. And I still have the fire brick, some of the fire brick, out of that same fireplace that I've toted around with me from shop to shop and house to house just because, again, I couldn't bring myself to just throw it out. And so I've, I've used it for making little you know, blocking off little furnaces or using it to heat stuff on. And, and one, of the, one of those things that we just carry around with us that weighs a bunch. And every time you move or move shops or move things in your shop, you grumble, but you still don't throw it out. Well, look at that, Satanda. So you carry bricks around. Tom's going to be carrying lathes around. I mean, it's all the same, all the same. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've got so much stuff. You're just you, now you're carrying stuff around in your truck. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my um, space 2.0 that we were talking about in the pre-show. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy loops and stuff. Hi y'all, this is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you building something out of bricks and it's a great distance away? Maybe over rough terrain or just a long ways from your bricks and your mortar? Well, we have just the thing for you. The brick and mortar mortar. That's right, it's a mortar that will fire both bricks and mortar from the side of mixing to your side of building. It's the perfect transporter for both brick and mortar. Just prepare your site and load bricks into the the mortar and shoot down a course. Then load the brick and mortar mortar with mortar and you're ready to fire mortar on order right to your building site. If you have a variety of bricks, say different colors or mortars of different mixed weights, as an option the brick and mortar comes with a brick and mortar brick sorter and a brick and mortar mortar sorter that will pre-sort your mortar and your bricks before loading them in the brick and mortar mortar. It's available for $1,737 next week. Wednesday at Johnson's. We are waiting for our importer to bring in another order of the brick and mortar mortar. Remember, the brick and mortar mortar may cause drowsiness, weak knees, do not use around scraggly pets, may also cause blindness. For, mo for mortar information, you'll have to contact our importer because these are made to order. You'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right. It's time for crossbreeding. Tom, what skill goes well with bricklaying? 
fitness. Got to keep fit. Bricklaying is a labor-intensive job, and uh, you know, you got to have good fitness. Is fitness a skill or an activity? Well, it's an activity, but you need to be good at it. Hmm. hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we're gonna let it pass. I'm gonna let it pass because I can't really argue with it. Tanda. Ba- basketball is an activity, <clears throat> but it's also a skill. I would agree with that more than the fitness. But um, but anyway, we're going to go to Tanda. Tanda, what skill goes well with bricklaying? I'm going to have to say plumbing. 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 Yeah, I think that's <laughs> definitely a skill, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Plumbing. Plumbing. It's got to be square. Plumbing yeah, is and if you if you don't keep your bricks plumb, your building is going to fall over. So. Oh, uh, that kind I, of I'm plumbing. Gonna, I'm going to say plumbing. Yep. Bob. Mm. Okay. Okay. Bob. Hmm. One dollar. What Bob was that referencing? Plum Bob. Price is right? Plum Bob. (laughs) Plum Bob. Is that Plum Bob Squarepants? Yeah. That's the guy. Okay, okay. PJ. Yeah. What what skill goes well? What pairs well? Bricklaying. I'm going to have to go with alchemy. Yeah, because you got to mix that mortar perfectly in order for it to hold the bricks. So yeah, alchemy. You don't mix the mortar; you mix in the mortar. The mortar doesn't come mortar. pre-mixed. You have to mix it to make it usable. It's just like oatmeal. You mix it in a mortar, the oatmeal though. doesn't come ready to eat. You have to cook it. That's not alchemy. Well, what would you call That's, it, Tom? Uh, well, it is kind of alkaline. I uh, I would call it uh, it's closer to baking than alchemy. Baking is alchemy. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah, I mean, you, you, what, come on, you put like a bunch of powder and egg and some water in a dish, and a cake comes out. That's alchemy. Come on, you turned a he bunch of a stuff p- into a thing. Bunch of stuff into a thing. Alchemy. Yeah, yep, right here. It's right in the definition. Yeah. I think I'll, I think well I actually googled the definition because that's what I do the entire podcast, uh, and it, and it says turning is, a bunch of stuff sensitive. into a thing. What, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, what? There were no bricks. Alchemy is time sensitive. Alchemy, yeah, it's a medieval practice. It's not. Um, well, I don't know. There, but there thing. are medieval medieval practices that are still carried on today. Yeah, like blacksmithing. Well, I suppose. I suppose. If I let this go, we're done, right? Yeah. Oh, I, good answer. I say, we let it, I say we let it go. <laughs> this is perfect. And now it's time for Ask Old Oswald. Ask me what? Who are you? Well, it has been quite some time. Uh, we have not had old oswald on this year and he just there happened to be a little break in his schedule and he's he you know we i've been pestering him for a while he, he said yeah yeah I'm oh around. that's that's good to hear because i didn't i, I was kind of worried about him yeah, well you know with covid and everything you just never know um how the elderly are gonna do uh, welcome back to the show oswald yeah, sure. so um so we glad to have you yeah 
It's always a pleasure. We, we put the word out to our listeners, and uh, we've got some, some questions here. Tanda, you want to hit Oswald with the first uh, listener question? Sure. Yeah, we have a question from uh, Jack Has Tools. Um, has Oswald ever been to Europe? Oh, that's a good question. Oswald, have you have you traveled overseas? Have you been to Europe before? Uh, I went twice during the war. Which war did you travel to Europe? Uh, mm, the the big one. Well, they're they're all kind of big. Um, do you remember what year it was that that you went? No, not not really. We didn't believe in calendars back then, so I don't, I don't really. My memory's not so good. Okay. Uh, calendars. This. I'm thinking this would have been, you know, possibly, possibly the tail end of World War One, because I know you're really old, or World War Two, and certainly there were calendars around. Do you, Do you mean that your family didn't have calendars? Well, yeah, we didn't. We didn't know. Uh, we didn't really know what day it was. You know, we got up when the sun was up, and we went to sleep when it was dark. So that's, that's all we read to know, you know. Is, uh, we, we don't, I don't know. Uh, okay, well, well what, what did you do um, during the war, like while you were over there? Oh, I was a sock handler. A, a sock handler? What, what does that mean? What? You were a, what is this? a sock handler. You, you held it never on. never ceases to amaze. I don't understand what that means, Oswald. I've never heard of that before. What What are you talking about? Well, you know, and the guys would need socks, and they'd come to me. I don't know what happened to them, but then there was always a problem with a shortage of socks. And they'd come to me, and they'd like, hey, you got an extra pair? And I'm like, oh, let me go look in the box. And, you know, sometimes I'd have them, and sometimes I wouldn't. And so I was the sock guy. So what? I, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's self-explanatory. Well, I guess the bottom line is, is Oswald was, was in Europe as a sock handler for a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go with that. Um, Tom, do you want to hit Oswald with the next question? <clears throat> yeah, this one's from um, Road Rage Jason 70 what does old Oswald think of the metric system, and should we completely change over to it? I assume he means we as in Americans. Oswald, what what do you think about the metric system? Hey, it's for communists! That's what I think! I don't know, respectable American what? would use the metric... <laughs> Are you okay, Oswald? <laughs> you seem like you're choking a little bit there. Is Oswald... So, Oswald, did we lose him? I, I, I don't know. I can't see him anymore. He's uh. <sighs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, all right. Wait, um, what just happened? I take, take <laughs> it. Take it. Oswald's not a not a fan of of the metric system. Apparently not. Uh, I love. I I love. Uh, sidebar. PJ Tanda. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I love that he labels everyone that uses the metric system a communist <laughs> even though it's everyone but america <laughs> like how many different kinds of governments are actually out there like hundreds and uh, it's got to be 
I think there's, I think there's one other country this. that still uses the, an imperial system, right? It's like the U.S. and some tiny little country on the... Like I think a, you're right. I'll in, look it up, but let's get back to as well. The UK Africa. falls asleep or goes and turns on the, Matlock. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We, we better get back to him. All right, uh, Oswald, you feeling better? You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, well, uh, let me ask you this question here. We've got... Um, Overall MakerWorks asks, Old Oswald, what's the deal with the kids these days all up on their tickety talks? What do you what's your what's your answer for that? They're standing on clocks. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're supposed to use that for timing things. No, that's 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 not what he's talking about. There's yeah, I think the, there's, Yeah, I think they're talking about TikTok. Are you familiar with TikTok, Oswald? Yeah, you wind up your watch. It makes the sound. I'm not stupid. That no, that's well. Yeah, that's true. That that is they do well. How are we gonna explain? He's got you. I think. Well, I. I mean, he has a point. He's not wrong. He's not if wrong. you have a wind-up watch, it probably TikToks. Uh, Oswald, you, mm-hmm. you you know that we're talking to you over the internet, right? Uh-huh, yeah, 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 the computer's doing the talking, I understand. Okay, so on the internet, there, there are people making these little tiny videos, and they're called TikToks, and it's mostly kids that are doing them. And this, this guy wants to know what you think about that. I don't know, I've never seen them before, but if they're making watch videos, I think they're really bored because they're they're just telling the time over and over, right? I mean, I guess it depends what time of day it is, but I wouldn't watch anything like that. It sounds stupid. He's right. He's right. He, he described it perfectly. Yeah, that is, that is very <laughs> accurate. That's a, that's, that's a good answer. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tanda, you want to hit Oswald with the next question? Yeah, the next question comes from uh, Sigma Woodcraft, and it's... What was the name of old Oswald's first horse? Oh, that, that's a good question. Uh, Oswald, when, when, how old were you when you had your first horse, and what was his name? Oh, I don't think uh, my first horse was... Well, well I mean, do uh, you mean that the very first horse I bought or the first horse that I rode? You know, that would have been my daddy's horse, and... He, uh, the first one I rode was my daddy's. He he was my first horse. I really liked him. Well, what was his name? Oh, no, his name was Killer. Yeah, he was a mean horse. No one really liked him but me. He used to kill the dogs and um, kill the he kill the coyotes and he used to step on the chickens. He was a mean mean horse, but uh, I don't actually I can't remember why I liked him so much now. You, you had a killer horse. Fascinating. Um, how how do you get the how do you get the name Teller? Killer. Oh, killer! I thought yeah. his name was Teller. No, no, he was killing all the animals. And you just hear the exp- oh, okay. Well, yeah, I did. But <laughs> Tiller would be a really good name for a horse. Well, that would be a good name for a horse. Um, killer, killer is normally what you would name a dog, though. But I guess if he was the horse was killing kind of a, the dogs, I don't know. yeah, unless he was kind of a watch horse. We're back to the TikToks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's come full circle. All right, uh, Tom, why don't you hit Oswald with the uh, yeah. the last question we got for him here? 
Yeah, sure. It says, uh, make, from Maker Skills, it's that time... Oh, that's... That, never mind. Uh, let me see here. Universal Woodworker asks, How many generations of Oswalds have lived in America? Where did ancient Oswalds immigrate from? That's a great question. That's a hard question to answer. What do you say, old Oswald? Well, uh, as far as I know, I'm, I'm the only Oswald. Uh, my, my daddy's name was uh, Buford. And uh, his daddy's name was, uh, I think it was uh, Heinrich. Uh, I don't think there was any any Oswalds uh, before me. Uh, I, I don't know where my name come from. Uh, what's but, your What's your surname, Oswald? Uh, I, 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 my wife told me not to say that. She's she's afraid oh, about because of the whole internet TikTok thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, I think he's I think he's referring to not your first name but your last name, which you don't have to disclose here. That's perfectly fine. That's that's smart advice. But what, where, where's your family from? Where's what's your ancestry? How, how many generations of your family have have been um, in the United States, Oswald? And 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 where were they before that? Oh, oh, well. Uh, Oh, let me see now. I'm more probably one, two, uh, uh, seven generations of my family have been uh, here in, in, you know, not not in this specific spot, but we've been in in the country. Yeah, we 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 come, you know, my family came over on one of them big boats a long, long time ago. Uh, but I, I think if I, I remember my great great granddaddy. Uh, I think he was, uh, Oswald, did he just fall asleep? Oswald, are you are you okay? <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. Nothing wrong. You you were talking about your your great great grandfather. Oh yeah yeah he he, he um. He, he was, uh, I think he was uh, from somewhere in, in, in northern Europe, uh, I think was, uh, maybe uh, uh, Finland or Germany or some somewhere around there. Could it could have been Italy? That one wait, of those communist minute. countries. That, those those are not even close together, Oswald. That how, how do you get those confused? Uh, he was real old. He didn't. His memory was bad. I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, that that was those those I don't know what to say. Those are all the questions that we had for you, Oswald. Um, we appreciate you trying to answer them to the best of your abilities and making time out of your busy schedule on the farm to come out here and and uh, spend some time with us. Well, it's the winter time. There's not much to do, and my wife's getting angry. So I thought I'd come on there and spend. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um. But again, we'd like to thank you for, for coming on the show. Yeah, sure. I think we might have tuckered old Oswald out. I need a nap. All right. It's time for short and sweet. Tom, you got anything to wrap up the show? I do. I, um, I recently got into the model kits like I mentioned last week, but... Since then, I <clears throat> I bought this these kits called uh, Gunpla, G U N P L A, also known as Gundam. Um, it's an old TV show that is still a new TV show, but they're these mobile. They're called mobile suits. They're basically transformers. 
for lack of a better explanation. But I don't care about any of those labels. What is amazing is the amount of engineering that went into these kits. So they're they're model kits. They come on big sheets of you know sprue racks or whatever you want to call them. You cut the parts out and you and you press them together. It's a it's a snap fit so to speak. But the I didn't know this, but they injection mold joints. Did you know that was possible? No. Tanda. They inje- you mean they they injection mold like two pieces that are hinged together out of the mold yes. or Yep. So on the sprue, before you cut the part off, the pieces are already captured together creating joints. Mm. It's fascinating. That's pretty cool. I wonder it's, if they um I mean, maybe that. I mean, there people who do injection molding are incredibly clever, um, so I can see that there are probably ways to do that. But they could also snap them together after. Is that possible, or are they made such that there's no way you could? They're like actually a molded yeah, pin through a through a hinge. Exactly, they are molded in place. They are not snapped together afterwards. So there was there was some little something, little little cylinder that slipped out from between. And then it was broken off right. or whatever. But multiple hinges in a single—I'm uh, I, saying a single part. Obviously, it's made up of a few parts. Right. But um, smaller than a dime, a robot hand with like five hinges. Mm. And, and, and a, are they working right there on the sprue, or do they kind of have you kind of have to snap them like a three D printed part with a little structure in between or something? So I would say the first movement is a little stiff, but there's no audible snap. There's no, it's just a little stiff and then it's not like, and then it's fine. I would say that if there is a connection in there, it's way too small for, for plastic to flow through and complete that part. If that's what, maybe that's not what you were thinking. Well, no, that's kind of where I was going is how can you, how can you make an eject? Imagine that's the case, a piece that pulls back out that doesn't have some kind of those, those are all uh, really those are all really interesting i don't know but i would I, i'll find a link to one of them that you should buy they're like tw- i spent like 28 dollars on this thing it was like five or six hours of assembly of an assembly toy and it was mind-boggling all these little parts and they all press together perfectly I mean, tiny freaking plastic injection molded parts that are so highly tuned that they all fit together so well. No glue, nothing. It it was really an impressive experience. And again, I couldn't care less about Gundam. I mean, I don't... It's not like I hate Gundam. But it's an anime from the 70s that has lasted for all these years. But these kits are just so good. They're so good. It makes me wonder why, like... This truck kit that I put together, it makes it look like a piece of garbage. Like, these parts barely fit together, and it's just like, it seems like there's no excuse for them to be so poorly made relative to these Gundam sets. Right. Have you looked into injection molding? That's because robots are cool. Well, that's true. I don't know. I don't know much about injection molding. Um, I know a few things. Because I've gone... I did want to buy my own, but... 
Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. That that can. Um, there's some there's some good uh, people out there making injection molders online, but uh, the uh, I, I've gone to a couple injection molding places looking to get parts made for customers and stuff, and mm-hmm. the the price to do those really finicky things. I mean, to have internal structures that get pulled back out and separated after the mold is released and um, and everything really drive the price and time up. Right. And so there are things Which that can can I'm be so done, surprised. but I bet a lot of people just like, yeah, people will still buy it if it's kind of sloppy. And, they, and so they just right. go with it where what's right. possible is amazing. Um, it's just not but, what people do also... routinely. In, in all of these kits, um, like one of those, you know what the sprue things look like, right? The whole rack. Um, the, fir- the, the, the first one, that the one labeled A, there's usually like, I think the biggest kit I got was like A through J, all these different sets. But the first one usually has multiple colors on the same card. I'll mm. call it a card. Mm-hmm. Um, all injection molded together which is less, like, I could see how that could be possible. Um, still requires a lot of work and precision and, and understanding of that whole Is there a situation. blend where the two colors come together? There is a circle where the two colors come together um, versus a continuous rod, right? Mm-hmm. Like the rail. Um, there is a, a circle, but the circle is one color, and then the the other color is just touching the circle so there's no blend it's a hard i mean i didn't cut it in half but short of doing that it's it's freaking perfect well you, you get one well you could things. try to you could try to make it where the uh, um where the two colors met exactly at that point but that would be difficult so then if you made a little area that could catch it then one and then just guaranteed that one color was always ahead of the other like a little bit more yeah. was it was being injected a little more first i mean it's I it's could, a it's I, amazing. initially i thought yeah initially i thought they would just take like the red piece put that into the machine injection mold another color take that into a third machine injection cold the uh, injection mold the third color but i don't i don't even think it's yeah. after seeing the joints i don't know anything about injection molding uh, P- I, I don't know anything. PJ, sidebar? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see you raising your hand there, probably to say this is like getting way off track for short and sweet, but I didn't really have much. So I thought I'd just like, you know, egg Tom on, and mm-hmm. then I would blame him for taking up all the short and sweet time. And that was a good thought, my, yeah. He'd be my excuse for not, not having anything. That's good thinking. That's good thinking. Yeah. yeah. So just, just to let you know. Okay. But uh, yeah, he's still talking. We should just cut right back into him. He won't even know. Okay, let's go right, right back. Yeah, so you definitely want to get one of these sets. Um, I'm gonna, I'll find a link on Amazon. If anybody wants one, I'll, I'll share the link with you. That, cool. That's that's cool, Tom. But you know what's even cooler than that is uh, they're building what? A, a full size Gundam in Japan. Are they? Yeah, that's that's a real thing. I'm not making it up. If you look it up on the internet, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's basically there's a giant building, and they have the legs, torso, and I. think think one of the arms built uh it is <clears throat> it's something like 50 stories tall i mean it is it is massive uh and the, the thing i wow. saw they did a test where it lifts the leg up and bends it at the knee and then puts the leg back down but it, it is it's it's a gigantic 50-story robot 
So just that's to, cool. And so if the foot's lifted up, is it like three stories off the ground? Uh, way more than that. Way more than that. It's it's it, this thing is huge. It's huge. It's it's going up. I don't know how many. It's more than three stories. Hmm. Um, well, no, yeah. I meant that's how I meant that's how far the foot is lifted off the ground. So like you could like go under it, drive under it, something, and then it oh, could yeah. stomp back down. Yeah, yeah. Well, this thing is. Um, it wasn't super speedy, but it moved. So that's all I could say. That's cool. They're uh, they're making giant robots. Going to take over the world someday. Just uh, putting it out there. <laughs> it's inevitable. Uh, Tanda, did you have anything that you wanted to share for a short and sweet? I, I had some really good ones, but Tom took so long. I think I'm just going to pass. Oh man! Well, you know, I can't. So argue maybe with that. Maybe, maybe next show. Tom did take up a lot of time. That's true. Uh, well, you know, as for me, uh, I have a, I got a, a, a nice little care package today, sort of, uh, from one of our listeners uh, over at uh, Duran Violins. He. The name sounds like what he does. He makes uh, violins, uh, violas, and cellos. And he knows that I'm on the 3D printing kick. And he has a Delta oscillating spindle sander. And those tools have a vacuum port at the back. And it's got uh, this, this sort of plastic shrouded assembly that comes out the back and goes inside to where the motor and the fan is. And it's used for sucking the sawdust out as it's you know, doing its thing. And that whole assembly broke. And so he sent me the the part, and I'm going to try to reproduce it with 3D printing. But in addition to that, he sent me these pencils, which you guys can see it, but no one else can see it. Uh, they are, the they have removable erasers, and the erasers are rectangular. There's two different kinds of erasers. Cool. And these are made <clears throat> by Blackwing, and he said that uh, these are the Blackwing 602s were first made in 1920 or 1930. And apparently these are very special pencils because they take a point really well and mm -hmm. they the point will last a long time. It doesn't ground down like other pencils do. And he said that he was using like a, a number two Ticonderoga for a long time. And then he went on a search for like the best pencil and he came across these and like i said they have removable erasers like the erasers are in like a see they're like a, it's like a little clip right so you just, could take it off and work mm -hmm. with it somewhere mm -hmm. you know yeah. where it was tedious or but i mean if you pencil, if you use the reset if you use it up you can put another eraser in there um and right then, the idea being that they last so long you might outlive the eraser Mm-hmm. and then on both of the pencils it says half the pressure, twice the speed. So I'm guessing it means that you don't need to use as much, you know, to press down as hard uh, as you would with a normal pencil. So anyway, I'm going to try these out. He you said these are, are a favorite of artists. You can extend the eraser. Yes, you can also extend the eraser. It, it's uh, it's very cool. It's got to be about like half inch long, I'd say. They're very pretty. Yeah. And uh, he gave me the two different Th kinds. 30 bucks a dozen on Amazon, Hey, by the way. There you go. They're not cheap. But uh, the, he gave me two different kinds. There's a, a pink eraser and then a red eraser. And the red one is a little bit harder, he said. So it's something to test out. Anyway, that's my short and sweet. And I'd like to thank our top Patreon supporters, our very own Tanda and uh, Creator Nader. 
And uh, if you would like to be a top Patreon supporter, just go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills and, you know, get on the list. We've got room. And I'm not going to talk about the people that are not listening to the show this week. I'm going to I'm going to hold off. They, on they won't. They won't know. They, they, they probably they won't, won't know. They won't be offended. Right. People who have never heard the show have never heard the show. I, I will say, though, that one of our listeners sent me personally a message and said he was really glad that he was not one of the people that wasn't listening. That was not listening. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure everybody that was listening was glad that they weren't among those people who who've never never heard the show. Yeah, he was. He yeah. said he said uh, it sounded like uh, I had it in for them, and he was glad that I was. He was not on my bad side. So just saying, yeah. You want to stay on my good side? You better listen to the show. That's all I'm saying. That's why I don't listen to the show. And, and we're about to go do the secret segment right now. So if you're not a Patreon member, oh yeah. You're not going to hear all the cool stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, wait till we wait till we talk about you in the Patreon only <laughs> section. That too. That too. <laughs> that you won't hear. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.